Welcome to the fucking show. And sorry, I know you guys wanted to clap, but everything I'm going to say is going to be amazing. Uh, how do you pay, man? Uh, if you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Great cash, homie. Mama, there goes that man. Hello and welcome to episode 96 of Carson Sack Podcast, where we talk balls. We have a jam-packed episode for you this week. We have a mail sack with a ton of great questions from a few new people. We have a full breakdown of the college football bowl season with picks for every school game, along with my picks for the college football playoff. And we have to look ahead to the week in the NFL. That is riddled with COVID as teams are making their playoff push. There's a ton to get into this episode. I'm not going to waste our time. Thank you very much for listening to episode 96 of Carson Sack. Like, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts from. And now let's get into the mail sack. The first question we have on the mail sack this week comes from Polly Marino, who asks, why is everyone in sports NFL getting COVID? Um, I am not 100% sure. If I had to guess, I would say probably it had something to do with Thanksgiving and that holiday. I would imagine with Christmas coming up, we are going to see hopefully not an uptick in cases from where we're at now, but um, probably a stay level or go down a little bit, but I think the holiday is what really got people um, sick and is why we are seeing so many cases, especially in the NFL, but also in the NBA, starting to pop up even more than what there was um, this season. And it's super unfortunate, as I've mentioned, uh, because these teams are, we are right in the playoff push, and key guys from teams that are right there that need wins desperately to stay in the race uh, they're getting on the list, and unfortunately, uh, because of protocols and everything, they're not able to play right now. But um, that's just the measure they're taking. But I do think the holidays, uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, are playing a big part in that. Moving on, our next question comes from Kristen Mulcahy, who asks, Are you a cat or dog person? I'm a dog person, 100%. I get the appeal of cats. I would have a cat, but ultimately, if you said, hey, pick one of those, um, I would pick a dog every day of the week. And then piggybacking off that, Bailey Lehman asked, favorite breed of dog? Hands down, it is a St. Bernard. Would love to have one of those. Um, Wasn't able to have one as a kid. Wasn't capable of doing anything like that in college because very rarely did our houses have a ample backyard or anything and the dog gets so big. Um, but a goal would be to have a St. Bernard. Uh, I don't like the Beethoven movies, but I do recall that was the first time I ever saw a St. Bernard, I believe. And I have just loved it ever since. So I would love to have a St. Bernard. Um, I'm also... Partial to Australian Shepherds, and yeah, that's about it. Right off the bat, those two. Uh, moving on, our next set of questions come from Abby Herring, who asks, best hangover cure? Uh, 
So what I find is if I'm ever hungover, I go and I get a breakfast or an early lunch or lunch, whatever it is, I eat and I pick something that I really, really like. Um, whatever that may be that day, whatever I'm feeling, a Chick-fil-A, a Canes, a B-dubs, something, something like that, something I really, really like. Um, and then I go and after I eat, I continue to think about, oh my gosh, you have all this food and you have like all this alcohol still in your stomach, you're sloshing around. And ultimately that gets me to throw up. And, uh, after that I take a little nap, drink two cups of water and, I'm pretty good by the time I wake up. So that's really the best hangover cure I have. It's not uh, it's not for everyone. I understand that. There are other remedies, but I have found that when I am hungover, that is what I like to do. Also, I just like to wallow around and not really do anything, which is pretty perfect. That's an integral part of my process is just not doing anything, being totally removed from society until I feel better. Next question we have from Abby comes, favorite Chinese restaurant in Louisville, Jade Palace. I went to grade school with the owner's daughter. Shout out to Amy Tran. I'm almost certain she does not listen to this, but if she does, if somebody can get this in front of her, in her ears, um, shout out to Amy Tran. Love Jade Palace uh, in the Westport Village. The next question she asks is, what type of dog breed are you? Oh boy, I would say probably a bulldog, short, stocky, low to the ground, um, don't really do a whole lot on a day-to-day basis, and then they wind up being able to do something cool like riding a skateboard. Um, I think, you know, he sets the expectations low for what he does on a day-to-day basis, but when he does get going and wants to do something spectacular, i.e. ride a skateboard, he goes out and does it. I would say a bulldog. Um, I would also say maybe a French bulldog if we need to go indifferent there. Um, a chow chow. I just like how they look. I would like to look like one of those as well. Um, and then a Tibetan Mastiff. I'm reading these off a list, but he looks pretty cool and just looks big and fluffy and like inviting. So I hope I would be that. And then Abby's last question, if you had $50 and only 24 hours to live, what would you do? So I'm assuming this is now, like I find out, hopefully let's, for my sake, let's say I find this out in the summer. So just appease me there. Um, $50 doesn't really play a big amount into that. What I would like to do preferably is play two rounds of golf. Um, I'd like to play with my friends and then I would like to play with my dad, um, at Louisville country club. That would be that I would probably also like to do like a party or a pregame or something. And then a night out with my monies and my earnings. I'd like to hopefully that $50, if people know I'm going to die, um, they'll be very willing to like, Hey, We'll buy this guy a drink. Uh, So that's what I would do there. So we're golfing. We're having a pregame and going out. And then at the end of the night, I would either go to White Castle or Spinelli's, whichever, probably White Castle because I can get more and just go drop the 50 bucks to everybody in attendance. 
cover as much as that will and just say, hey, thanks for showing up. Um, it's been nice knowing you, but uh, I got to go. So that's how I would do that. So really, perfect last day is golfing with some buddies, golfing with my dad, going out, seeing everybody one last time. And then picking out on White Castle, picking up the tab with the 50 bucks I can, and then uh, kicking the bucket the next day. That would be the ideal situation. Uh, Abby, perfect questions. Thank you for sending those in. Moving on, our next set of questions comes from Trent Revelette. Who is your favorite and least favorite stand-up comedian? So my least favorite, Chris D'Elia. Never found him funny. Um, After all the allegations that came out, I find him even less funny and a bad human being, but that's whatever. Favorite comedians, uh, Burt Kreischer, Tom Segura. Big fan of John Mulaney. Just got tickets to John Mulaney when he's coming to Louisville this March. Uh, Shane Gillis, I like him a lot. He's a newer like for me, uh, but he is very good. I enjoy him. That's where I stand on the comedians right now. Trent also asked, do you think you could get laughs if you went to an open mic at the Comedy Caravan? I could get like a few, not a bunch. I think we've had a discussion before, Trent, where the comedy that I think I succeed at and do well at is like conversational and observational about things rather than going and telling a story. And that's what a lot of stand-up comedy is, is going and telling that story and making it funny. I am more of a conversational, like, wordsy funny than a, oh, here's the story, you're going to laugh, if that makes any sense. So I could probably get a few, but I don't feel very confident that I could do stand-up and do it well on a consistent basis. Our next question comes from Kennedy Poston who asks, ham or turkey on Christmas or dare I say other? Ham should be the meal, the meat of any holiday meal for every holiday. Turkey sucks at Thanksgiving. If you say you like it, you're lying. Ham is the superior meat when it comes to holiday meals, so it's ham all day. Our next question comes from Dan Hans who asks, who's taking home the Super Bowl? Who's taking home league MVP? Right now, it's got to be Tom Brady, I think. He's been the most like consistently good player um, this entire year. Like, There's been guys that have flashed here and there, but overall, just steady Eddie, Tom Brady coming through, and he's putting up good numbers. He's got one of the better teams in the NFC, so that MVP stuff, that goes a little bit importance because they do factor in some records at times, whether they want to say so or not. But I think Tom Brady right now, and then... I'm, I want to say the Chiefs, but I don't think they're good enough. Um, if the Rams can continue to play like they have these last few games, I'm really interested to see when they get everybody back healthy, what that offense can continue to grow into and be like, um, and what that defense can continue to grow and be like. So the Rams... The Rams have my attention. I don't know if I'm ready to say they're my Super Bowl pick because they have struggled in the past this year against good teams. They finally get another another signature win on the year after beating Tom Brady and the Buccaneers early on in the season. They go on the road and beat the Cardinals this past Monday night, but... A little bit there. Also, you think the NFC, you got to think the Packers, the 49ers are coming on strong as well. The Chiefs, I still think, are very good. 
the Colts aren't going to win the Super Bowl, but they can definitely make some noise in the playoffs. So that's a team to come on. If you told me right now, I would probably say the Buccaneers have the best chance because I think overall they have the best team. But I think if the Rams can continue to progress, then they have a chance to beat them. Uh, moving on, Matt Ewells asks, are you cheering for UK or Ohio State in the upcoming basketball game? Ohio State. I technically cannot lose, but uh, Ohio State. I always root for Ohio State when they play Kentucky. They've played them a multitude of times in basketball. Most famously, uh, the one time you all beat us uh, in the NCAA tournament. Since then, you have not beat us again, but that's hearsay. Uh, whatever. No big deal, but Ohio State, and I hope they win. Uh, it seems a little eerily like the last time these two teams played, uh, where UK went to Utah on the road, late night game, they lose, and then they follow that up with their next game being Ohio State in Las Vegas in this whatever classic it is, the CBS Sports Classic, and losing. This past week, UK goes on the road to Notre Dame. They have a full week off, their next game is Ohio State in Las Vegas, in the CBS Classic. So just something to keep an eye on. But I do feel like uh, I Ohio State has a good chance to win that, and I will be rooting for Ohio State uh, specifically in that. Our next question comes from Sidney Lococo, who asks, how do we feel about Steph taking the record for most threes? I used to hate Steph Curry. I don't hate him now. I'm a bit more indifferent on him now. He has totally changed the way the NBA basketball game is played, totally changed the way college basketball is played, just the way basketball is played. He's changed it with his shooting. Um, he's the greatest shooter ever. Hats off to him. I have only nice things to say about him breaking that record. So congratulations to him. Our next question comes from Jason Morris, who asks, can the Patriots win the Super Bowl this year? They can, but they will not. They will not because of Mac Jones. I don't think he's good enough right now in his rookie year to do uh, to do what is needed. Yes, they have a good run game. Yes, their defense is really good, and that is a recipe for success in the playoffs. But if there comes a time where Mac Jones is needed to win a football game, I'm not 100% sure if he's there just yet in his NFL career. But he can be probably sooner than later, so if the Patriots can continue to get him weapons on the offensive side of the field, especially pass catchers, then I think Patriots could be pretty good looking at a Super Bowl chance within the coming years. But this year, I don't believe so. Then our last question comes from Zach Manley, who asks, what are your top three favorite golf courses in Louisville? In no particular order, um, I'm going to abs- I'm gonna exclude courses that I don't play on like a regular basis or anything like that. But Louisville Country Club is up there, obviously. Duh. Eagle Creek, I came across this place last year um, out in LaGrange. It's only like 15, 20 minutes for me. Uh, For my friends, it's a little bit further. It's like 30 minutes, so there's a drawback, I guess, for that. But I absolutely love Eagle Creek. I think the greens uh, are very intricate, and the slopes they have on them are very neat for a public golf course. It's always been in decent to good shape every time I've been there. I mean, it's a public golf course, so yes, it's going to have some... Thicker grass, some brown here and there, but I enjoyed it thoroughly every time I've been there. And then I think mostly for the availability, 
Seneca. Like, I think that's the standard in Louisville Metro Golf of, like, what a public course should be. Granted, yes, they do fucking pack the tee sheet, and it gets so crowded and it can take a while to play. Um, I get that, but I think Seneca's right up there. Uh, Sleepy Hollow out in Prospect. I'm not, like the biggest fan, but that is the easiest place to go play golf if you ever just want to go play. They don't do tee times. You show up, you pay 20 bucks, you get a cart, you get nine holes, like, go have fun. Like, I love that, doing that after a day of work. I did that a shit ton during COVID when golf was really the only thing you could do. Um, You just show up, play nine holes, whatever. Um, I like them out there, so that would be my favorites, all for some different reasons, obviously, Um, but I do enjoy a lot of those. And then our last question for the mail sack this week comes from Emily O'Casey. What's your favorite Thanksgiving side? Emily, you're hilarious. We've been over this. We've done this now a few weeks. I think it's getting, I think the bit's getting old, but to answer your question one last time, it is mashed potatoes. And that is going to do it for the mail sack this week. Love the questions we got this week. Thank you for everyone, uh, especially new people that sent questions in. That segment is not possible without you all, as I have mentioned in the past. So please keep the questions coming. We are now going to switch focus and talk about the NFL week number 14 as the playoff push is beginning to take shape. Uh, Let's get into it. The first game on this week's schedule is the Thursday night game between the Chiefs and the Chargers. Previously this year, the Chargers went into Arrowhead on September 26th and got a six-point victory against the Chiefs. The Chiefs coming off a big, big win against the Raiders, 48-9. Looking at the Chargers and what they've been doing recently, they come off a victory, four-point victory, excuse me, 16-point victory against the Giants last week and then followed up the week before that with a win on the road in the jungle at Cincinnati. I think this is going to be a really, really good game. It's obviously extremely important to the AFC West and their standings and the whole playoff picture in the AFC as a whole. Uh, One of these teams is more than likely going to get a wild card spot um, and one of these teams more than likely is going to get the AFC West crown. I can easily see the Chiefs going in and going to San Diego, well, excuse me, going to L.A. and getting the win. Um, It does concern me that the last time the uh, Chiefs did have this big offensive explosion, I get there were some defensive touchdowns this past week uh, in the Kansas City Raiders game, but the last time a big amount of points was scored by The Chiefs, they followed it up with a 19-point win. It was a win, obviously, but a 19-point win against the Cowboys the following week. Uh, 19 points I don't think is going to cut it against this Chargers team. The offense for the Chiefs needs to start clicking a little bit more. The defense has played above average to just good these last few weeks, about the last month or so. Um, the defense is going to have to come and be prepared. Uh, Herbert is, as advertised this year, doing extremely well. The new head coach there in 
uh, LA for the Chargers has done well this entire year. What I found interesting is that they're using Herbert a little bit more. His legs, uh, that's something that the Chiefs are going to have to take an account for here. Uh, but I do think the Chiefs ultimately do get the win uh, in a tough, tough game. But maybe the game of the week. Moving on, we have some games on Saturday now. Uh, the Raiders go to the Browns. As I had mentioned with Polly's mail sack question, this is one of the games affected by COVID-19. The Browns are down a ton of people. Luckily, really the only good thing about the situation is the Browns running back room isn't really affected, but the wide receiver room, the defensive line, the offensive line, the secondary uh, the quarterback, Baker Mayfield, he's out. It's a uh, it's a bleak situation in Cleveland, and Cleveland needs all the help they could get. They got some good luck last week with some them winning and a bunch of teams losing, but uh, a tough, tough ask uh, on a short week for them to turn around and win this game with all the thing, all the players that they will have out. I think it's just going to be too much for them to overcome. I'm going to go with the Raiders over the Browns. And then our second Saturday game is the Patriots at the Colts. I'm actually going to take the Colts in this one. I think Jonathan Taylor has a big, big day along with Pittman. Uh, I've been saying it now for a little while. The Colts are good, and I think they can make some noise in the playoffs. If they are, this is a great stepping stone, uh, momentum-building game for them down the stretch to make the playoffs. It's time they step up. They're sitting at seven and six. The Patriots last game we saw them in was that third was that Monday night game where Mac Jones didn't throw the ball at all uh, three times to be specific. But uh, I do have the Colts winning this one on Sunday. The Titans go to the Steelers. I'm gonna go with the Steelers in that one. I think they will be able to give. Tannehill and that offense a few problems um, especially if Watt can come back and be healthy Um, if not I still think that the Titans defense is gettable enough uh, with the passing game and the running game that uh, Pittsburgh has so I will go with Pittsburgh over the Titans then the next game we have the Panthers going to the Bills the Bills coming off two losses a Tight game, overtime game last week where they battled back against the Buccaneers. They lose, though, 27-33, to and then, as we know, losing on the Monday night to the Patriots. The Panthers, though, coming off a loss to the Falcons, and then a loss to the Dolphins, and then a loss to the football team. Um, I'm going to take the Bills. A bit of a get-right game. I expect a big day from Josh Allen and a big day from that defense. The quarterback situation has become murkier in... Uh, Carolina because Sam Darnold is now, I believe, designated to return off the IR list. So now it's Cam Newton, P.J. Walker, and Sam Darnold. Um, If you have three quarterbacks, you really have one uh, is a saying that I like to embrace. So I'm going to take the Bills in this one. Next, we have the Cardinals and the Lions. Uh, Another bounce-back, get-right game. Uh, Cardinals, tough loss on Monday night to the Rams. Lions couldn't follow up and get a win last week after their first victory of the season two weeks ago. I'm going to go with the Cardinals in this one. Next, we have a game that I do not care about at all, but the Dolphins are slowly making some noise. Uh, winners last week, um, going dating back, they have won... Let's see, they beat the Giants, they beat the Panthers, they beat the Jets, they beat the Ravens, they beat the Texans. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 
five on a five game winning streak. I expect it to go to six. I think that defense is going to give Zach Wilson a ton of trouble. Pick him off at least once. Um, I'm going to go with the Dolphins in that one. Next game, we have an NFC East matchup that the Cowboys should win. The Cowboys going up against the Giants. Um, I think it's just simple. I think the Giants are injury riddled and not good enough to do. I don't think the offense is good enough to do anything against the Cowboys defense. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Next, another big game in the NFC East, a battle of two teams at six and seven the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. I am going to go with, mm, I'm going to go with the Washington football team Uh, bounce back after the loss last week to the uh, Cowboys Eagles coming off the bye. If their team's healthy, which I think it can start round out to if Hertz and Sanders can start being healthy again. Um, I like this, the Eagles to be able to run the ball a little bit, but I think ultimately that the football team ends up winning that game. A game that no the next game is a game no one should be subjected to watch. Um, I can't believe they're actually playing this game. The Texans and the Jaguars. I'm gonna go with the Texans. I no breakdown there. Just give me the Texans. I will say Mills did look good for the first half for the uh, uh, Texans last week, but. Uh, uh, I'm just so over Urban Meyer and the Jaguars that I just don't give two shits about this game. So, Texans. Next game, we have an AFC matchup between the Bengals and the Broncos. The Bengals coming off a disappointing loss last week in a game that they had control over for most of the time, but uh, lose to the 49ers. Dating back, that is two losses in a row, the Chargers and then the 49ers. Uh, The West Coast teams are beaten up on the Bengals, I don't think this game is far enough west for them to really get in trouble. I am going to go with the Bengals over the Broncos in this one. Moving on, the 49ers against the Falcons. They host the Falcons. 49ers are slowly making some noise in the playoff hunt in the NFC. I expect that to continue in this game. Uh, I will go with the 49ers over the Falcons. The Seahawks go to the Rams. This is a game the Rams should win comfortably, but the NFC West is a clunky, funky, weird division where upsets like this are possible and happen quite often, and they end up ruining things for teams in the playoff hunt. I don't foresee that happening in this game. I think the Seahawks are just a little too, like, They've kind of packed it in on this year already, um, and especially if guys coming off the COVID list like Ramsey and a few other players for the Rams do end up coming back for this game, then I like the Rams even more, so they get it done uh, against the Seahawks. And next game should be a very good one if Lamar Jackson is healthy, but the Packers go to the Ravens. I'm going to go with the Packers in this one. Um, the secondary for the Ravens is not great. If you let Baker Mayfield pick you apart at times and I think Aaron Rodgers has a good chance of picking you apart as well um and I think the defense for the Packers is decent enough to cause some problems for whoever's back there at quarterback for the Ravens even if Lamar is there so I will go with the Packers to go to Baltimore and get the win uh the Sunday night game I think it's gonna be probably not great uh, the Saints going to the Buccaneers. Buccaneers are rolling, going back. Last week, they beat the Bills. The week before that, they beat the Falcons. Then they beat the Colts. They beat the Giants. Uh, so they're riding a four-game win streak coming into this game. 
The Saints, they finally get Alvin Kamara back, and so they beat the Jets last week, but they're coming off losses uh, previously to last week to the Cowboys, to the Bills, to the Eagles, to the Titans, to the Falcons. So they, yeah, I just think that with the quarterback situation there in New Orleans, um, no matter how good uh, Alvin Kamara is, he's not enough, um, and I expect the defense for the Buccaneers to really take advantage and capitalize on the poor quarterback play so I'm going to take them over the Saints and then the Monday night game happy Justin Fields gets two back-to-back weeks in prime time the Vikings against the Bears I feel like maybe the Bears used up like sort of all their prime time magic um but I do like what the Bears did last week uh with the play calls for Justin Fields getting them a little bit more mobile outside the pocket if they can build on that I like them here, but I will take the Vikings ultimately. Um, I just think they're the better team, um, but hopefully Justin Fields can have a good day and continue to build on um, a productive start he had last Sunday uh, in primetime, but ultimately the Monday night game, the Vikings beat the Bears. We are now going to switch focus completely, and as promised, we are going to give you a full college football bowl season preview with picks for every game along with discussion for the college football playoff and a national champion pick strap in we have a lot to get to but now let's talk some college football We now take a look at the college football bowl season. It starts on December 17th with the Bahamas Bowl. We have Middle Tennessee State going up against Toledo. Toledo is a nine-point favorite at the moment. These picks will not be against the spread. They will just be straight-up winners. So I apologize if that bothers you at all. But... A few notes about this game. Toledo, in their last three games, won by double digits. The running back, Bryant Roback, averaged 153 yards with eight rushing touchdowns. In those last three games, Toledo doesn't really turn the ball over that much from what I've seen um, through the st- statistics-wise. Um, I'm going to go with Toledo in this one. I think they beat Middle Tennessee State. The next game, we have the Cure Bowl. Coastal Carolina sitting at 9.5 going up against Northern Illinois. Grayson McCall there at quarterback still for Coastal Carolina following up last year's great season. This year still a good year for Coastal sitting at 10-2. Northern Illinois sitting at 9-4. Northern Illinois, again, I know this isn't against the spread, but... 5-3 Five and three um, against the spread as an underdog this season. Um, I'm going to take Coast to win this game. I think they're overall um, just a better team and a bit more explosive on offense. The next game we have is the Boca Raton Bowl. West Kentucky going up against Appalachia State. Appalachia State is a three-point favorite. Uh, Appalachia State is 6-0 and straight up in bowl games, and they'll face West Kentucky. Obviously, uh, their quarterback there, Billy Zappi, 56 touchdowns on um, the second-highest scoring team in the FBS. I expect a ton of points in this one. Um, It's a clash of styles, but I think that ultimately West Kentucky does end up getting the win uh, over Appalachia State. The next game we have is the New Mexico Bowl. Fresno State sitting at 13.5 versus UTEP. 
The Fresno State quarterback, Jake Hayner, is in the transfer portal. Um, and then the coach, Kalen DeBoyer, is gone to Washington. UTEP hasn't won a bowl game since the 60s. Fuck it. This is the year. UTEP wins. This is an upset. We go with UTEP over Fresno State. The next game, we have the Independence Bowl. BYU going up against UAB. Um, I am fairly confident BYU wins this game. Tyler Algeyer for them at the running back position has been good all year. I'm going to go with BYU in that one. The next game, we have the Lending Tree Bowl. Liberty going up against Eastern Michigan. Uh, Malik Wills. Willis, excuse me, is still slated to play in this game. Uh, he's the best player on the field by a wide margin. I'm going to go with Liberty over Eastern Michigan. The next game, we have the LA Bowl, Utah, uh, excuse me, we have the Louisiana Bowl. Uh, Utah State going up against Oregon State. Um, I am going, let's see, I'm going to go with Oregon State. Utah State has a fairly decent defense led by Justin Rice uh, at linebacker, but I think Oregon State has enough big playability um, to where they can get the big splashy plays when they need them, and they end up beating Utah State. The next game, we have the New Orleans Bowl. We have number 23, Louisiana, going up against Marshall. Um, I'm going to go with Louisiana, even though they will be without Billy Napier. Um... I just think they're an overall better team than Marshall. Uh, Marshall did have a decent year for them by their standards, uh, looking at the record 7-5, and five, but I think Louisiana is just head and shoulders the better team. And look at what they have. Uh, Lewis there, their quarterback, 2,600 yards, 19 touchdowns, four interceptions, and then on the ground, Smith for them, eight touchdowns on the year. Um, lean on both of those guys, use the run game, and I think Louisiana does end up beating Marshall. The next game on the bowl slate is Myrtle Beach Bowl, Tulsa versus Old Dominion. Uh, This is only the second bowl game in history for Old Dominion. Uh, They won their last five games of the season to get there. Um, Tulsa, though, closed the season on a three-game win streak. Um, Both of these teams... Pretty good at running the ball. I'm going to go with Old Dominion in this one. Second time around. Uh, good chance for them to get a bowl win here. So I'm going to go with Old Dominion. Next, we have our famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Kent State going up against Wyoming. Uh, I am going to go with Kent State. Uh, I just like them better. The trends, though, for this game, if you're betting Kent State is 0-5 against the spread as an underdog, uh, they're three-and-a-half-point underdogs in this one. Yeah, and just looking at Wyoming's scheduling and what they did so far this year, they get off to a 4-0 start, but they only win six games on the year. So a bit of an up-and-down second half of the year. Maybe the... Stars align for Kent State on this, and they get the win um, in a hostile Idaho environment uh, for Wyoming. So I'm going to go with Kent State in that one. Next, we have the Frisco Bowl, San Diego State going up against UTSA. Uh, The Conference USA champions uh, in UTSA. San Diego State only allows 77 rushing yards per game. 
I just think that the running back, uh, Sincere McCormick for UTSA, is going to have a big game, probably get over 77, be able to uh, wear down the San Diego State defense. So I'm going to go with UTSA in that one. Next, we have the Armed Forces Bowl, Army going up against Missouri. Missouri allows 229 rushing yards per game. Um, I think that's really all you need to know. Army is obviously one of the better running teams in the country, um, even though they didn't look that way against Navy in their last game. But ultimately, um, I'm going to go with Army over uh, Missouri in this one. The next game is the Gasparilla Bowl. We have Florida going up against UCF. Um, I, I think Florida wins just because of talent. Um, but this is a big deal for UCF. Um, and there has been games in the past bowl wise where Florida just sort of checks out and doesn't really show up. I'm hoping that doesn't happen because of the in-state thing. Um, and if it does not happen and Florida actually does show up, I think the talent, um, is I think the talent gap is a little bit too severe for UCF to overcome, so I'm going to go with the Gators over the Knights. The next, we have the Frisco Football Classic, North Texas going up against Miami of Ohio. Uh, This game, made specifically, uh, so each of these two teams, since they were bowl eligible, had a game to make. Um, North Texas running back DeAndre Torrey um, had a good five-game winning streak uh, to end the regular season. He sparked that for North Texas. Um, Miami of Ohio looking for its first bowl win since 2010. I'm going to go with North Texas over Miami of Ohio, though. Um, I just think that Torrey is a bit of a pretty big difference maker for North Texas, so I'm going to go with them over the Red Hawks. The next game, we have the Hawaii Bowl uh, between who else? Hawaii and Memphis. Memphis is 2-5 against the spread as a favorite this season. In this game, Memphis is a a 3.5-point favorite. And then Hawaii was 4-2 at home this season. Um, And even in the games that they did lose, uh, they were just one-score losses. I am going to go with... I'm going to go with Memphis in this one. But if you are betting this, I do like Hawaii to be able to cover. Um, I know I said I'm not doing against the spread, but that one, I just want to make a point. I do think Memphis wins, but Hawaii keeps it close. Uh, moving on, next game, the Camellia Bowl, which puts Ball State going up against Georgia State. Uh, Darren Granger for Georgia State sitting at 16 touchdowns, four interceptions on the year. Um, game manager at its finest isn't going to turn the ball over a lot i am going to go with georgia state in this one next game we have the quick and lane bowl western michigan versus nevada nevada a three-point favorite carson strong there at quarterback for nevada 36 touchdowns and only eight interceptions this year uh the head coach for nevada jay norvell is leaving uh he will not be there uh coaching there but in this game but i will still take nevada with the best player on the field in carson strong quarterback the next game we have the military bowl east carolina going up against boston college i'm going to go with boston college in this one uh jeff halfley looks to build momentum with this one uh they did end the season a bit lowly after losing to wake forest and florida state but i think halfley gets the guys going and they get some momentum going into this offseason for year three for him. I will go with the Eagles over Eastern Carolina. 
Next, we have the Birmingham Bowl, number 20, Houston, coming up against Auburn. I, uh, this is hard because I want to say Houston, but I do think Auburn has enough uh, of a talent gap, sort of, to be able to lean on that and get the win. Um, TJ Finley sh- should be able to make enough big plays in the passing game. And, I mean, Auburn's defense is still very good, so I will take, uh, Auburn over Houston. The next game, we have the first responder bowl, Air Force going up against Louisville. It concerns me um, seeing what Kentucky was able to do against Louisville in the run game the last game of the year. Air Force, a predominantly run team with that triple option. Uh, Will Malik Cunningham be able to make explosive plays to uh, counterbalance that when he does have the ball? I think yes. So I am going to go with Louisville. Again, as I've tweeted this previously, um, it's a damn shame and disgusting and could not be me if I was a Louisville fan to root against these troops uh, going up against Air Force. But that's just the kind of people Louisville are. They just don't care. Louisville fans are. They just don't care about the troops. Um, If it were me and if I was Scott Satterfield, I wouldn't even take the field uh, because I care so much about the troops. I would just say, hey, guys. You got it, but uh, don't think Satterfield and the boys are going to do that. I do think Louisville wins this game and gets a much, after all the turmoil that's been surrounding them the last few weeks leading up to this game, a much-needed win um, to get some momentum building for next year. The next game, i got to stop saying that, uh, is the Liberty Bowl. Texas Tech versus Mississippi State. Uh, The Bulldogs, strong passing attack, obviously. Red Raiders, also a strong passing attack. Um, it ranks third in the FBS at 387 yards per game. Uh, does Texas Tech's passing game? Texas Tech was three and five against the spread as an underdog. Um, I'm gonna go with Mississippi State. I think the defense for them is just a tad better than what Texas Tech has, and Rogers, their quarterback for Mississippi State, makes the difference. I will go with Mississippi State. Moving on, the Holiday Bowl. We have North Carolina State going up against UCLA. I am going to go with UCLA strictly because of Dorian Thompson Robinson, one of the most exciting players in the country. Um, Go out of your way to watch this one. I think it will be a good game. But I do have the Bruins beating North Carolina State. Continuing on. Our next bowl is the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. West Virginia going up against Minnesota. Minnesota ending the year with a big win against Wisconsin to keep Wisconsin out of the Big Ten Championship game. But Neil Brown, the head coach for West Virginia, is 4-0 in bowl games. It's going to be a close game, but I think that experience uh, is good. So I'm going to go with West Virginia over Minnesota. The next game is the Fenway Bowl. SMU going up against uh, Virginia Brendan Armstrong, I've preached it all year. I'm going to continue to preach it. Uh, One of the better underrated quarterbacks in all of the country. Um, I'm going with Virginia in this one. They're a half-point favorite. Go with it. Uh, I do have the Cavaliers beating the Mustangs. The Pinstripe Bowl is our next game. Virginia Tech going up against Maryland. I'm going to go with Virginia Tech. First game, first bowl game for Maryland since 2016. Uh, I just think Virginia Tech's a better team. I think they're like 
on the same level right now for what they are, but I think Virginia Tech has a bit more talent, so I'm going to go with Virginia Tech. The Cheez-It Bowl, uh, one of the better-named bowls, if I will say, the Cheez-It Bowl. Pitch number 19 Clemson with how the fuck are they ranked 19th, uh, going up against Iowa State. I'm going to pick Iowa State. I think their defense is good. The running back is good. I don't know if Clemson and that offensive line is going to be able to handle the front seven of Iowa State. Uh, So I'm going to go with Iowa State over Clemson. And it's surprising that Iowa State is the favorite here, but I think warranted they do beat Clemson. The Alamo Bowl, we continue on to. uh, Pitts, number 14, Oregon, after the loss in the Pac-12 championship game to Utah against number 16, Oklahoma. I'm going to go with Oklahoma in this one. I think Caleb Williams puts on a show. Uh launches him, uh, puts up a good game and launches him to the top of the Heisman contender uh, list for next year. So I'm going to go with Oklahoma against Oregon. The Dukes Mayo Bowl, their social media is top-notch. Give them a follow if you can, but that is the bowl game we will be discussing next. Puts North Carolina against South Carolina. Uh, I'm going to go with North Carolina in this one. Sam Howe at the moment, is going to play in this game. I think that's all really you need to know. The best part on the field plays for North Carolina. I'm going to go with North Carolina. The Music City Bowl, a beautiful bowl, a game that I have been to on one occasion, uh, is the next game. Music City Bowl is Tennessee, three-and-a-half point favorites versus Purdue. I am going to go, um, let's see, Purdue ranks eighth in the FBS and pass offense. Hmm... I expect a high-scoring game. Uh, both these teams do get the ball um, all over the field, but I'm going to go with Purdue over Tennessee in this one. The Las Vegas Bowl we move on to is Wisconsin as a 7.5-point favorite versus Arizona State. Both these teams sitting in an 8-4. A uh, bit of a disappointment for both of them. Uh, a 1,000-yard rusher, Braylon Allen and Richard White for Wisconsin. Expect them to lean on them heavily. Uh, I will go with Wisconsin over Arizona State. The Gator Bowl uh, pits number 17, Wake Forest, versus number 25, Texas A&M. A rematch of the 2017 Belk Bowl, which Florida, uh, excuse me, Wake Forest won 55-52. to 52. Um, I'm going to go with... Texas A&M, they get the revenge there. It'll be close throughout the entire game, but I think late, Texas A&M pulls away. Uh, Texas A&M wins the Gator Bowl. Continuing on to the Sun Bowl, Washington State versus Miami. Uh, I am the senior running back for Max, uh, excuse me, senior running back Max Borey uh, led Washington State to a victory in the Apple Cup. Um yeah, just looking at the trends here, Miami is 1-5 against the spread as a favorite against FBS teams this season. Uh, they're sitting at a 2.5-point favorite right now. I will go with Washington State uh, to get a win after a tumultuous year with their head coach. I'm going to go with Washington State. The Outback Bowl uh, pits Arkansas, 21st in the country, versus Penn State. A lot of similarities between both of these teams. Um, Three losses for each against teams that made New Year's Six Bowls. I am going to go with Arkansas in this one. 
But I expect uh, Dotson for Penn State, the wide receiver who does play, to have a big game uh, for the draft, for his draft stock. But I do take Arkansas to win. In the Citrus Bowl, we have Iowa versus number 22, Kentucky. Iowa, number 15. Um, Kentucky, a two and a half point favorite. I'm all in on Kentucky here. Levis looked good his last game. Rodriguez looked good. Wandell looked good. That defense looked good. Iowa, we saw in their last game, they were overmatched by Michigan. Uh, but what Kentucky can do well is sort of what Michigan can do well, run the ball. Um, and it posed some problems uh, with big plays for Iowa. And the Iowa offense looks inept at times. So that they probably will not be able to exploit Kentucky's like big weakness, which is the secondary. So I'm going to go with Kentucky over Iowa. The Arizona Bowl is the next game we talk about. Boise State versus Central Michigan. I am going to go with Boise State in this one. Boise won four of its last five games. So I'm going to go with Boise. We move on to the Texas Bowl. Kansas State versus LSU. I am going to go with LSU. I just think talent-wise, they're better. Um... But Deuce Vaughn for Kansas State had 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns. He's a great player. He's a smaller player. He doesn't get enough credit for how good of a player he is uh, because Kansas State really isn't nationally shown a lot in coverage and everything. But I'm hoping he has a big game, but ultimately I do think LSU wins. Uh, The Peach Bowl puts number 10, Michigan State, versus number 12, Pittsburgh, we saw all year uh, Kenny Pickett have a great campaign for Pittsburgh, and we also saw the defensive backfield, the secondary for Michigan State struggle. I expect it not to be like the Ohio State game, but Kenny Pickett and Pittsburgh able to have some success, have a decent amount of success throwing the ball. So I'm going to go with Pittsburgh over Michigan State in that. The Fiesta Bowl puts number five, Notre Dame, versus number nine, Oklahoma State. Uh, Marcus Freeman makes his debut as the new head coach of Notre Dame. Both of these teams ranked in the top ten in scoring defense. I'm unaware if Hamilton is going to be playing for Notre Dame, but ultimately I do have Notre Dame winning this one. Uh, With Knowles being out, I believe that defensive coordinator for Oklahoma State, after accepting the Ohio State job, then... uh, I think the Notre Dame team did well the second half of the year, continuing to build and progress that offense, so I'm going to go with Notre Dame. The Rose Bowl, Ohio State, six in the country versus number 11, Utah. As an Ohio State fan, this game scares me. I am concerned that Ohio State is maybe checked out. We still don't know who is in and who is out player-wise. Uh, what... Utah does well is they play physical on defense and they run the ball extremely well. And in the games Ohio State struggled in, the U, excuse me, the I'm already saying they're going to struggle. Uh, but the games they did struggle previously, Michigan and Oregon, they had teams that played physical up front and were good at run. Um, the secondary for Utah doesn't scare me a bunch. Uh It's just going to be how physical and how much does Ohio State want it. I think they will want it enough, and I think talent, if enough guys play, will win out. So I will go with Ohio State over Utah to get a victory in the Rose Bowl. The Sugar Bowl pits number 7 Baylor versus number 8 Ole Miss. Um, Matt Corral for Ole Miss is going to play in the bowl game. Uh, I'm going to take 
Ole Miss. We now shift our focus and get into the college football playoff. Those final rankings, how they shook out. Alabama was number one. They will be playing number four, Cincinnati, in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. And then the three-versus-two matchup, Michigan at number two, Georgia at number three after Alabama handily beat Georgia and Cincinnati beat Houston in the their excuse me in their conference championship game and after Michigan destroyed Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. Starting at the one verse four, um, I think that game is going to go a lot like the Georgia game of last year, but I think it could maybe be close at half, but then the second half Alabama pulls away. Um, this, I feel bad for Cincinnati because I think they had a much better chance against Michigan and a much better chance against Georgia, but I do think this Alabama team is just too gifted and talented where, yes, Cincinnati is going to come out and play hard and determine and prove like, hey, we do deserve to be here, but I do think it's going to be too much Alabama in the end. Um, Maybe not like the Alabama-Washington game in the first round a few years ago, maybe a little bit closer than that, but ultimately um, it's just too much for the Tide and the Tide end up winning this game against Cincinnati. The next game is much more intriguing and much uh, more, I think, a better game. Uh, Georgia going up against Michigan. I like Georgia in this one. I think that Bennett, if he is going to be that quarterback, is a much better quarterback than McNamara. Uh, Just looking at the statistics here, I know McNamara threw for more yards, but Bennett threw for um, nine more touchdowns. I don't think McNamara is good enough to go and like say we need to win this game. He hasn't had to do that a lot this year, obviously, because the running game um, with Haskins and a, the other guy at Quorum has been so good. But on the other side of the ball, you got White there at the running back for Georgia who is just as good. Um, and Michigan hasn't faced a team uh, as physical on defense as they will in this game, I believe. I And a thing that I think is going to help Georgia a lot here. Pickens is back, um, a big play receiver. I'm going to go with Georgia in this one. Um, I think it it's not a good thing that they lost to Alabama, but nobody's really talking about Georgia, if that makes sense. Like, they're sort of flying under the radar in this one a little bit. Like, Alabama, SEC champions, they put on that performance great. Michigan at number two, they put on their performance in the Big Ten Championship game. They're getting heralded. Georgia, number three, they lose. They sort of regroup. Nobody's really talking about them. Cincinnati, the first non-Power 5 team to gain. Like, yes, let's talk about them. Nobody's really talking about Georgia. I think the loss to Alabama can be a good thing, and they can hit reset, um, approach this game differently, rejuvenated, energized, Obviously motivated, and I think they end up actually do winning that game to set up a rematch between Georgia and Alabama. And then I ultimately think that Georgia, I can't believe I'm fucking saying this, but I think Georgia beats Alabama, which would probably be an upset just based off of that last one. But I think Georgia wins against Michigan and wins against Alabama, and they are the national champions for this 2021 college football season. My partner yelling, 
that is going to do it for this week's sack episode 96 a bit of a long one after a short one last week next week with it being christmas we are going to be off take that time that you would be listening to the sack spend it with your family your friends whoever your loved ones uh thank you very much for tuning in to episode 96 like rate review subscribe and as we always end here on the sack we will be seen like it on top of the cover money on the dresser driver compressor top notch hoes get the most not the lesser trash like the fuck for 40 dollars in the club fucking up the game bitch it gets no love she be cross country giving all that she got a thousand a pop i'm pulling billions off the lot i smashed up the gray one bought me a red every time we hit the parking lot return head some hoes want to choose but them bitches too scary 